Brothers and sisters, today I want to introduce to you a new saint, a giant, a Eucharistic giant, Saint Peter Julian Aimard. Uh, he's a French saint, he was born in 1811 and he died around 1868, but he's left a huge impression on the Eucharistic mindset of the church, you could say. Uh, a great witness. Actually, Pope John XXIII canonized him at Vatican II with all the bishops of the world. So divine providence is saying something to us. You know that this is a saint for all churches, all all the Catholic churches in communion with Rome throughout the world, that he's a powerful witness of the Eucharist. And in fact, John the Twenty-third called him an apostle of the Eucharist, giving him that title, that that preeminent uh, discipleship of apostleship, that, that he he has a, a, a unique authority of witness and, and testimony in his preaching that we have to listen to. And uh, and so he, he really um, has, has, has so much writings on the Eucharist in a way that other saints haven't really gone into. Uh, it was his obsession, his holy obsession, you could say. And so St. Peter Julian Amad, he entered a novitiate at a young age and um, against his father's will. And then eventually he felt a bit dissatisfied with that vocation and he felt the Lord was calling him into a religious order. So he entered the Maris order dedicated to Our Lady, the Society of Mary. And there he would preach many, many retreats and, and a lot of preaching mission on, on Our Lady and also Eucharistic adoration. His whole devotion to the Eucharist would slowly grew and progressed as, as he went on in life. There was no one exact mystical experience um, like Saint Manuel at the abandoned tabernacle. But however, he will, he will have certain unique moments of intense grace and a mystical experience later on when he felt called to found his own religious order. So eventually at the Maris, he, he wanted to, to found a, a branch of the Maris dedicated specifically to Eucharistic adoration. He, f he faced a lot of um, kind of uh, conflict, I suppose, or his own superiors were unwilling to, to, to let him do this. And eventually, with the help of some bishops, he decided to leave and he he ended up founding his own congregation, uh, the Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament. So for you, for those of you in Dublin, you're well aware of Bachelor Walk and, and the chapel there of the Blessed Sacrament. And also he he founded the Servants of the Blessed Sacrament, which is a the female version of the order. You know, Imar had this unique um, inspiration amongst many things. He, he looked in the life of the church and he saw that that Jesus had was being manifested and there were so many orders and congregations in honor or making present in the church the mysteries of his life like his his hospitality to the poor and the sick so he's so many orders looking after the sick running hospitals poor um <clears throat> mother Teresa will be much later on but of how her order looks after the poorest of the poor you look at the dominicans and the jesuits and their their commitment to intellectual apostolate to the intellectual life uh, of preaching, you know, he would see so so many religious orders, but he said there was nothing, no order in the life of the church that was specifically there to honor the Eucharist, um, in the sense of 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 that its whole existence was was Eucharistic. You get many contemplative orders adoring the Blessed Sacrament, um, and there might be a focus for them, but he felt that the the Jesus needed. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, Jesus wanted uh, uh, a group of souls around him, like like a guard of souls is how he would see it. And he felt that just like the Lord called apostles in his time to, to his mission, the Lord was calling in our times apostles to his person. So it's a bit different. It's, a, it's this call towards ministering to Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, to his needs there, to his love there. And so, 
so that a powerful idea in, in Ahmad's mind and, and he had such uh, he was really had something quite um quite radical um in the way that he was his expectancy of the amount of adoration that he wanted these members of the society to uh look at. He would eventually get permission from the Pope for his rule and etc. And, and and he died. He always suffered with a bit of poor health throughout his life, um, with his lungs as well as he had he had, had a lot of migraine headaches. And so he, I think, probably exhausted with work. Um, he, he died at, uh, at probably, what, in his 50s, late 50s. So he founded this first thing in Paris on this street with this priest when he got permission to start this order. And they would start preparing people, kids, you know, for First Holy Communion. They would have preaching, looking for Catholics who no longer went to the Eucharist and trying to catechize them. And for even fervent Catholics, trying to, to catechize them to, to, to really enter more deeply into the Eucharistic mystery. And they, they set up 24-hour perpetual adoration in their convent. And so this was him launching out, and in many ways, in this Eucharistic mission to, to preach. But he, he has some beautiful things about the Eucharist, and we're going to look in, into it the next couple of days, and then we'll come back to St. Manuel again, because we have lots more to say there from St. Manuel. But... You know, what we're going to look at tomorrow is the whole idea for St. Peter, Julian, Amar, that when we look at Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, we he's our model as well. He, he How Jesus is in the Eucharist is, is, is an example and a sign of how we should live our lives. So that's going to be interesting to see how, how we can model our virtues, the way we live, based on, on, on a meditation of the Eucharist. And so we'll look into this tomorrow.